Welcome to the Influencer 411 podcast. I'm your host, Natalia Toby. In this podcast, we create a space for influencers and anyone in the creative space to learn about the industry, have their voices heard, and get a more business perspective on influencer marketing. We come out with episodes every Tuesday, and each week we bring out different topics related to the influencer marketing industry. Now, I don't want to waste your time. Let's get right into this episode. So on this week's episode, we're talking all about passion projects with my really good friend, Aaron Byers. So Aaron graduated from Rutgers University and worked as... Wait, now she has a promotion. Let's shout out the promotion. She is now an executive news producer at a local NBC affiliate um, news channel. And how we met is like before we were born. Even born. <laughs> um, my parents were introduced by her parents and they go way back. So Way back. Yeah. Like when our dads were our age back. I know. They were at a party and your dad was like, hey, let me introduce you to this girl. And then I was bored. You're bored. <laughs> and now we're friends. So she is a multi-passionate Person. She works in news, but outside of news, she has a lot of different passion projects. So she's going to be on the podcast today telling us about what her passion projects are, what they are, and why you might need one. So what is a passion project to you? A passion project to me is something that, you know, it could be money motivated. You could be making some substantial money off of it, mm-hmm. but it's also something you have a deep passion for. It's something that brings you pride and joy and happiness seeing the results and even the process of doing it so small passion projects for me right now everyone who knows me knows I love to read and I was like why am I reading by myself when there are so many other black women that look like me that are reading the same things as me so let's chat about it so last summer during the height of the pandemic I was like all right who all wants to read with me and I was like me (laughs) no actually a lot of women started Mm -hmm. and I was like, okay, and it just kind of took off. Um, A second passion project of mine, which was kind of unexpected, but it stems from work. I work for a newsletter, and with the newsletter, it kind of sometimes does feel like work, but I don't mind it because it's actually the beat in news that I want to be covering. So those are just two passion projects of mine right now. So what is the newsletter called? newsletter is called The Facts. Let me plug it right now. Yes. It's called The Facts, and we're dedicated to racial reckoning news and covering all of the stories that are within the lines of Black Lives Matter and anything when it comes to the black story in America. So right now, off the top of my head, I don't know how many subscribers we have, but I know it was like over 500. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, like it came out strong when we first started, and now we're kind of just like, you know, trying to figure out how do we grow our niche. But basically, every single week, my task as an assignment editor, I have to do research and find stories that are current, and then we I assign it to writers, and the writers get it back to us, and then we edit, and then we also assign different photos, um, different video elements, and then we also provide resources for readers. So how that started, I got reached out by a friend that I grew up with, and from the same hometown and she was like hey me and so and so are thinking of starting this you Mm -hmm. work in news can you please help us and I was like of course 
Um, and it kind of just took off from there. We all launched together, and we call ourselves The Facts. Mm-hmm. Um, With an X. Yes, F-A-X. Mm-hmm. Um, you can subscribe from my Instagram or The Facts Instagram page or mm-hmm. LinkedIn. Or the show notes. It'll, right. It'll be in the show notes. <laughs> I'll, I'll plug it. Um, but, yeah, it's just, like, a great newsletter that's quick and summarizes news geared towards our generation. Because I feel like our generation does not sit down and watch 30 minutes of Rachel Maddow. No. Most people listening I don't even right know now. Who she oh is. my God! Shame yourself. Sorry. You should know Rachel Maddow. I don't watch. It's okay. I don't watch the news. But see, that's my whole thing. I was like, what is something that you know people are actually going to read mm-hmm. and just tap into? Yeah, and I mean, I'm in your book club, and I'm also an active subscriber to the facts. So I definitely appreciate having like they're very short, like bite sized bits of information. You see it, I think it's it's every week. Mm-hmm. It's every week. We try to push it out every Sunday. So mm-hmm. actually, before I came, I'm like responding to messages because everyone had to have their writing in so we could set it up so we mail it out in the morning. Yeah, and I love it. I mean, like I just told you, I don't watch the news. I think it's it's a lot. I actually don't watch TV at all. I'm a more like Netflix kind of girl. So just watching it, sorry, just reading it every Sunday, perfect. I get all my information and I'm good to go. So, what is the difference between a side hustle and a full-time business to you? To me, especially because I am a journalist, a side hustle would be if I'm doing, like, you know, freelancing for a magazine mm-hmm. and I'm doing research for them or I'm writing editorial pieces. That's a side hustle. It's not my 9 to 5. It's more like my 5 to 9, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah full-time career and I had to like explain this to my parents because you know they think with West Indian parents they think Mm -hmm. you can have 10 jobs and be straight and I'm like no 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 no. I'm in a career yeah with my career there's to me once you start your real-time career there's no such thing as a nine-to-five because there's nights where I'm not home until 10 because of a special report and then there's mornings where I'm in at five you know what I mean yeah um so that's something our generation has a hard time grasping. Oh, you work too much? I don't think there's such a thing when you're going after a career goal. That's number one. But the biggest difference to me is your nine to five or your career, mm-hmm. you better have benefits. You better have health yes. benefits. You know what I mean? You better have those things set up. Because to me, other than that, it's a side hustle. A side hustle is just something you're doing quickly. It's not something that's permanent where most of us, you know, when you have a career goal or a career that you have in mind, Mm -hmm. that's something that you're not going to be doing as a side hustle that's temporarily. And I love that. um, I love when you kind of talked about career benefits. People want to start a business. I hear this all the time. Yeah, I'm going to start my business. And it's like, why would you leave your nine to five job or quote unquote nine to five? Because sometimes it's not as longer. And you're leaving not just the job but your 401k some companies will match that your business is not matching that your business does not have one okay um health insurance especially when you're what 26 Mm -hmm. like all of these things you have to think about so i think this episode is great because a lot of people want to do something that they're very passionate about but it does not always have to be i'm quitting my job and i'm doing this so I love that you talk about career, like in the way of, no, this is something that I'm passionate about, but it's a different type of passion than the book club or the facts, because I'm pretty sure the book club is not 
giving you health insurance no or you know giving you paid time off yeah yeah um i think often especially with our generation and i'm not trying to talk down on our generation but i think something we can all learn from is talking to older people so if you're in an office space don't be afraid to talk to the vice president don't be afraid to talk to the president or the executive because they have a lot of information that you can gain from. Mm-hmm. So with that, I was always, even in college, I was always that student, wherever I was interning, I wanted to know the executives, I wanted to know the presidents, I wanted to know the vice presidents of the company, because I wanted to gain their insight on how they got there. Because mm-hmm. you don't get there overnight, that's number no, one. No, you don't. Number two, the best thing I've learned from every single one of them, you have to learn to like just appreciate being young, one, but two, grinding. So if you think quitting your job today, the job that pays your rent, that covers your health insurance, that pays your car note, you know what I mean? That pays your student loans back if you have those. Don't forget about those student loans. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We all have them. No shame. that passion project is not paying the student loans. No, it's not cutting it. Yeah. Um, So if you think quitting your job and walking away from all of that just to dive into a passion project and you have no stability or no support backing that. I think, why are you setting yourself up for failure? Exactly. When you can actually sit down at, you know, on a Sunday evening and plan out your schedule for the week where you can include both. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one day in the near future, that passion project is your full-time job. If that's really what you want in the end goal. Yeah. And I, I love that you brought that up because it reminded me of the episode we had uh, with Zach talking about the hustle culture. And I think our generation like loves to hustle. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong and with that. And they shame people with the nine to five. They're like, "Oh my gosh, you're working for the man." But hey, because I'm working for the man, I have my own space. Mm-hmm. I have my own car. You know what I mean? Like, no, that makes sense. I don't have to rely on anyone else for my needs. Exactly. And I think we need to just highlight all of the pros and cons with having a nine to five or a career or oh, a we job. Can get into that. Yeah. And then having a, a passion project because there are two different things, you know? Um, can you give us an example of like a side hustle compared to a passion project? A side hustle to me, say you love dogs, right? Mm-hmm. But you want extra change in your pocket, and you're good with them, right? Mm-hmm. So you're dog walking when you come home from your nine to five, just to make some extra cash, you yeah. know, whatever. That's a side hustle. Mm-hmm. A passion project would be trying to create an app or a digital website designated to dog walkers, and creating that, and you know, launching off of that. Mm-hmm. So you're not the dog walker; you're now the creator that has created a space or an app for other people to find dog walkers. Got you. That to me is a passion project. And I think for me, a passion project, it just doesn't have that financial stress mm-hmm. that not. Yeah, I guess a side hustle will have it. But I think when you have a business, there is that financial stress. Oh, like yeah. for me, if my business doesn't make X amount of dollars, I'm like, OK, well, can't pay rent or, you know, like I need the business to make a certain amount of money or I am stressed. Whereas a passion project, let's say if the app fails, like with your example with the dog walking app, um, it's okay. You could just go to work tomorrow morning. Or if you just don't want to walk a dog or there are no dogs to walk that week or that month, it's okay because you know you still have your job. So I definitely like that example with the dog walking. Um, So I know you kind of 
talked about your passion project a little bit in the beginning, the book club and the facts. Um, can you like talk about your vision to expand those? Mm -hmm. Is it just going to be a passion project? Are you looking to expand it into any other like, I don't know, bigger role? Yeah. So I feel like for me, my biggest, I shouldn't say my biggest setback right now, but I feel like my biggest limitation is my mm -hmm. location because of my job. Mm -hmm. So this time next year, I won't be in that predicament. I'll be a free agent and Ooh. fingers crossed, I'll be back in New York City. Yes, but manifesting right now, that for you. Oh yeah, I'm totally manifesting, manifesting that. <laughs> manifesting that in the husband. Like yeah. I'm not Ooh. playing with myself. Yes. <laughs> you better be in New York, living on Park yeah. Ave. I'm putting that in the universe for you. So with that being said, I feel like right now, because of my location and being in Delaware and not being in a populated city that I'm used to, mm -hmm. I don't really know how much I could expand because I live in a very white Republican county. Mm. And this is, before anyone jumps down my throat, Sorry. this is not by choice. <laughs> this is because of you. a job. And there are yeah. certain sacrifices you make in your career so you can excel yourself. Because it's mm -hmm. like, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't even think I have to explain that now. Yeah. So I feel like once I do move back into the city and I am around the people, you know, I've grown up with and have mm -hmm. the same interests as me, it would be extremely easy to expand on the book club because there's so many women in this city that love to read black authors. Yeah. You know what I mean? But to mm -hmm. say that in my current location... No. Yeah. Like, who wants to read a book written by a black woman? About a black woman's struggle or yeah. love. You They're know what I mean? Like, mm, yeah. No. So I feel like that's one thing I really do want to expand on and capitalize. And then I forget who I was talking to, and it may have been you. Mm -hmm. I really want to create some type of digital space that is connected to my social media because I do use my social media as a platform where I share how I love certain books or I dislike certain books and my opinions on them where people can follow me and buy the books directly from my webpage. Girl. So we I need to have that conversation. Okay. Because I mean, yeah, I guess we're gonna Yeah, let's just talk yeah. about that for a second. Um I like what you said about that because that is in the space of affiliate marketing. And I think when you have something like that, like all right, let's just pretend someone is trying to figure out their passion project and move it to something more serious, right? So Aaron has a book club, right? It's kind of stagnant because it's not like you want to grow due to your area. So then the next thing would be, okay, creating a space where people can buy the books that I like and you make a profit out of it, right? It could be something as simple as an Amazon affiliate link, right? Mm -hmm. So people are like, oh my gosh, like I love Erin. She's growing her following. It could be from 1,500 now and then two months later, it could be 2,000 followers. And it's just your personal brand, which, I mean, we'll put her Instagram in the show notes. Like, I think you do have that aesthetic. And it'd just be easy to just continue doing what you're doing alongside alongside your career. And then all of a sudden, affiliate codes. And then you have people on your email list. Like, yeah, if you want to know the next book I'm reading, join my email list. You grow it. Let's say if it comes 500, 1,000, 1,500. Then it's like, all right, guys, here's my paid I don't know. It could be like, ooh, a podcast. <laughs> Where and I talk about books. That yes. would be fun. And then you just interview authors. You can talk about books. It could be a summary about books. Or it doesn't even have to go into that. It could be a YouTube channel. It could be a blog. Sorry. I, d I don't know. I just no. kind of. Clearly, I need to hire you. Like, yeah, now. <laughs> my business. My business wheels were turning. I'm like, 
oh my gosh, yes, yeah. the book club could be something. Or you could just say, F the book club. I'm focusing on the facts. And the book club is really just for me and my homegirls mm-hmm. to shit talk books. Well, if you <laughs> if you know me and you're also part of the book club, we do shit talk books. Yeah, Because we sometimes do. we relate to them so much. And then other times we're like... We hate this character. Yeah. <laughs> like even on yeah. Monday, we're tearing this character apart. I know. We were like, oh, she belongs to the streets. So no. I do mm-hmm. love that personal aspect of the book club right now where it's kind of just like a safe space but I do want to capitalize on that because mm-hmm. I'm like there's so much more I can do with this yeah and it doesn't even have to be as digital as you know a blog a YouTube channel it could be something like you going into book clubs and saying I want to rent this space for like my book club my monthly book club and then you just grow it that way in a physical sense but no I definitely see the vision of expanding your passion project but at least there's no um i I don't want to say like pressure but at the same time it's not like you have to have the book club be this big at this amount of time because it is a passion project like if you decide next year i actually hate books you can just stop the book club book is my therapy well i I shouldn't say book books and reading is like personally my therapy Mm because i come home from a long day i don't want to talk like i'm so sorry and i feel messed up to certain friends like even catching up with a friend yesterday i was like when was the last time i saw you and she was like oh your birthday when it came down and i was like oh my god aaron you have to do so much better like girl but i feel like that's just trying to like balance my work life with my social life which is not balanced i will admit i'm the first one who's definitely a workaholic Cause I'll come home and do the facts. When yeah. it's like, Aaron, you just spent nine hours working in news to come home know, and do though. two more hours of news. But I just think, you know that um that phrase of like you need to surround yourself with the people that you're like trying to be. I mean, I have no idea who this friend is, but in my opinion, like if you were my friend and I'm like, Aaron, I was supposed oh, to no, talk to you. She gets it. Yeah, but it's like, damn, like. Just understand that I'm trying to hustle because when you are an executive news producer at a huge, huge company or you begin to, like, produce your own stuff, then that same friend is going to be like, oh, wow, like, I'm so happy for you. But it's like, no, you have to understand that I need to be a workaholic in order to get there. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I haven't seen you in, like, literally before the (gasps) pandemic. Oh, my God. Yeah. No. Before the pandemic. I think it was literally when i was like leaving new york and everyone was like partying with me that last week we were hopping from like concerts and everyday people parties yes wow okay the boys were still in new york the boys don't live in new york anymore see look at that that's crazy look at that so i think for me i'm not pressed like oh my god aaron oh she don't talk to me once a week it's like no i get it because i mean for me some friends think i'm a workaholic too because hello we're doing this podcast episode on a saturday Saturday. (laughs) yeah and i'm like listen i'm gonna catch y'all later business needs to be attended to so no i think the passion project allows you to continue being a workaholic but in a different angle you know it's not your work that you do for nine hours it's something else but it still keeps you busy but in just better ways um I know that we talked about um, passion projects being a must for certain industries, right? Um, For instance, marketing, I think passion projects are a must because 
the industry is so saturated it's so competitive if you are let's say in social media marketing but you have a travel blog of 50,000 followers and or you manage someone's you know travel blog that would give you the leg up they're like oh wow you're not just someone who went to school for this you have experience in the same industry but it's not what you do at work every day um so I agree with that why do you think passion projects are a must so it's funny because I do mentor a lot of students Mm -hmm. um especially this year I've had a lot of outreach and I love doing it but one thing well I should say the first thing I always tell them what are you doing besides internships yeah. Because if you're sending me your resume and I'm the producer or, well, for especially now, because my boss looks for my input when we hire people, I want to see that you are actually passionate about other things besides this one career goal. Exactly. And then do they apply to your career goal? So if you're in college looking to be a reporter, for example, or mm-hmm. you want to be an entertainment reporter for E, right? Mm-hmm. Your freshman year of college, I hope that you are seeking out those opportunities on campus because, you know, freshman, sophomore year, internship experiences aren't always open to those ages. So are you on campus with the radio station? Are you on campus with the local TV station? Are you on campus writing for magazines, newspapers, newsletters? Are you doing some type of structured work that can actually help you and that you're passionate about it? Because when I was an undergrad at both schools, I was a part of all of those things mm-hmm. so it's like it only amplified me as a person as an, a, a candidate when I'm going up against all these other students because they're like oh wow Erin's been with so-and-so company but she also hosts a radio morning show from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. during the week at Rutgers mm-hmm. she's also writing for three magazines and she has portfolio work because she's done all these things and I just want to highlight this because and that's not internship work, you know? Yeah. I think, you know, if they didn't know, Erin is a black woman. Yes. I'm a black woman. <laughs> and just to, like, get in the heads of other black women, you need to work twice as hard. And I hate to say that, but... It's I'm true. All, no, no, no. It is very true. And this is a conversation I had to have with a Rutgers student this week because she's passionate about news, just like me. I see a lot of her qualities... She has in me. Like, I really look at her like, this is like my little sister. Mm-hmm. And she's so passionate. She's so smart and talented. But she was very disheartened to be in a space that wasn't, I don't want to say wasn't made for us, but it wasn't made for us. And I had to have that conversation with her. I was like, listen, out of any black woman that you know, I understand your current struggle. Because mm-hmm. at my current job when I stepped in, there was only one black producer and then me. And then yeah. when that one black producer left, Aaron's the only full-time black producer. So be able to digest that and be able yeah. to break those ceilings and be comfortable being yourself in those spaces. Because if you can't be yourself in those spaces, you're not going to excel. My boss knows my temperament. He knows my manner. And he knows how I deal with things. And that's mm-hmm. why he always steps to me to deal with them. So you also have to have an honest relationship with your superior where they see you, they hear you, and they understand your goals and what you're here for. Because Mm -hmm. stepping into that job, I made it exceptionally clear, this is only a temporary job that's going to push me into the space that I want. And they respect that and they understand that. 
So it's like, if you can't be honest with yourself, I don't know how you're going to be honest in those workspaces. Yeah, and I, I love that because I think a lot of, I'm not even going to say black women because black young employers, right? Because this can also apply to men. They feel like, oh, I can't fully express how I feel, right? To your boss, like what you said. Hey, listen, I'm just letting you know, this is not me staying here for 20 years. Oh, no. I'm, I'm here, I'm in, and I'm out. And just respect that. I think a lot of people don't even know how to express that to their boss. I think you need to, this is also a thing, like, as you get older, you learn how to say that. Like, of course, I wouldn't say it like that. Yeah. But you learn how to speak. You learn how to code switch. For me, especially, I know you can Mm -hmm. understand this. I grew up in a West Indian home. So I couldn't take Patois into the classroom because then my teachers are like, oh, she's speaking in Ebonics. I'm not speaking in Ebonics. Watch your mouth. (laughs) <laughs> I'm speaking patois, so don't do that. You know, because they're she quick said, to do watch that. Watch your mouth. Oh my god, going crazy but on a podcast. That <laughs> that helped me. Honestly, code switching at a young age helped me navigate my professional life because I know the spaces that I can speak my mind, mm-hmm. and then I know the spaces. I'm like, okay, how do I say this in the best way possible that they understand? But I'm also speaking my truth. Yeah. And you just have to learn language. You have to learn how to express yourself in that manner. Now, me talking to my boss and me talking to the person I like, two different people. Yeah. Because to him, I'm going to cuss him out. But to my boss, I'm like, you know, respectfully, I think. Not respectfully. Respectfully. (laughs) I always put respectfully. No, and it's crazy that you say that because I know friends who are women of color who feel like physically uncomfortable being in an all white space. Why? I challenge that though. Exactly. I want to know why you feel uncomfortable being in an all white space. And I understand if it's like you've grown up never having to be in that predicament, but I totally get that. But it's like, you should feel comfortable within yourself that, Mm -hmm. Hey, I am the only black person in this room. And that's for a reason. That's for my talents. That's for the work that I can perform. So to me, I challenge people when they say like, oh, I get so uncomfortable being the only black person. Why? You're so talented. You're meant to be in that Mm -hmm. room. There's a reason why you're in that room. I love that because I think as you get higher up, because everyone has that goal. I want to be, you know, the most successful, blah, blah, blah. But as you get higher up, there will be less and less people who look like you. So my mentor, Mm -hmm. and this is also a thing, kids if you're listening you need to tap into mentors mm-hmm. I was a junior in college and I'm in her friend's apartment with her and I'm listening to their stories and that's mm-hmm. key listen to older people when they speak yeah digest what they're saying to you and their experiences and my mentor at the time she was an executive at a top um, New York station mm-hmm. and her friend that she worked with well, they worked when they were our age together. Mm-hmm. She was an executive at Rock Nation. So I'm sitting here talking to very influential women. Powerful women. Powerful women. women. Yeah. Key, right? Because you said Rock Nation. They told me the higher you go, the wider it goes. Meaning. Wider or whiter? Whiter. Yes, okay. Whiter. Yes. Right? Yes, that makes sense. So. You need to get, and they were truly the ones like, you know, you shouldn't be stressed out that you're the only black girl in this pre-law class because you're excelling in the class. What do you care? You know all the answers. You know all the material. 
you yeah. cover stuff very well so relax and they told me you just have to get used to it so what if white people are intimidated by you that's their problem not yours exactly. you're not intimidated no exactly I think that's a great point because once you I feel like once you learn how to just be comfortable Mm-hmm. And also being yourself. Oh, yeah. Don't be going into mainly white spaces and being completely different. Yeah, don't be Coats like, I eat couscous, and then when you get home, you're eating, like, fried rice. Get out of here. Oxtail rice and peas. Please right. stop. Just tell them you eat an oxtail rice and peas. Right. But I think, yeah, I don't know. I think I'm very comfortable in white spaces, and I've seen it, like, I don't know, take me places. Yeah. Like, especially for fencing. It's, you know... I mean, I wouldn't say over the, the last few years this has gotten more diverse, but I mean, no, my... That's a white-ass sport. Yeah, Sorry. yeah. No, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. But my, my club in New York, right? Mm-hmm. There was one guy who came, like, occasionally, but other than that, I was the only black person there, and I excelled. Like, I didn't feel uncomfortable. I didn't say, oh, my gosh, I can't fence as well as I want to because there's so many white people. Like, no, you have to be comfortable with... I'm just me i'm me in this space and that's it period so i definitely think what you are saying about just figuring out why you're uncomfortable in those spaces and then quickly fixing that will definitely get you higher yeah in your career i think also though i will acknowledge it's a little bit different for us because we grew up in diverse atmospheres and we're also exposed because of our parents to different ways of living different Mm -hmm. structures from different cultures that is and true. not everyone has the opportunity. So I do recognize that. But I don't know. Everyone growing up, I wasn't black enough. I wasn't white enough. So I'm like, well, I'm Aaron enough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, don't get me started. Don't yeah, get like, me started about that. Yeah, ignore that. Like, I'm Aaron yeah. enough. So I don't know what to tell you. No, that, that makes sense. Honestly, I think that's a really good point to just understand, all right, you may not be able to fit in those spaces, but... You just have to climb to the top. Let's bring it back to the passion projects, right? Oh, yeah. Um, I know we talked about needing passion projects in certain industries to make you stand out compared to people. Um, In your industry, in, do I say news? Journalism. Journalism. Yeah. In your industry of journalism, do you see passion projects um, as, like, a must, like, as you're looking at resumes, because like you said, your boss kind of gets some insight from you. Do you think people are being turned down because they don't have passion projects? I wouldn't say because of passion projects, but I would say because of experience. So let's be realistic. If you're a journalist right now listening and you're in college and you're in your junior year and you don't have any type of written sample or on-air sample, depending what you want to do, because they're mm-hmm. two very different things. Mm-hmm. Why don't you have that yet? That's my question. Yeah. That's my first question that I'm going to ask. Number two, to all the girls that I mentor, I always say it doesn't hurt to have extra work. Because You know what I mean? Yeah. What it, there's no wrong in that. That's not going to hurt you. That's just going to make you, you know, step out more. Um, and it also just gives you more confidence in yourself when you start to work. Mm-hmm. Because for me, at least when I was in college... Every single thing that I did had a lot of writing to do with it. So once I graduated and I took my first job, I 
already knew what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like my boss was so amazed and my anchors were so amazed because like even today they're like, Aaron's the best. Like Aaron just gets it done. Aaron knows what she's doing. She's fast. She's quick. She's efficient. And she's, you know, she's and proper because with you everything. developed those habits earlier while you and were in college. And that's the key. Yeah. That is honestly the key because it's like you can't expect to graduate and ask a company for X, Y, and Z as a salary, but you don't match what they need. Mm-hmm. Have some realist, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, be realistic with yourself. Like, don't say, oh, I want to go work for Google, but you have no experiencing doing any type of marketing or you have <laughs> no experiencing coding. Yeah. How are you going to work for Google? Why, yeah. why would Google want you? No, I think that's a, a really good point because someone came or someone reached out to me and they were like, hey, like, I'm having trouble finding marketing stuff. How like how a marketing you, job? Yeah. What planet do they live on? Because no offense, mm-hmm. like, you know, even when I'm just like, oh, what's on LinkedIn? Let me like look. Yeah. <laughs> but I think for marketing, I'll just put it out there. There are millions of jobs on LinkedIn. Millions. But and I mean, this is I'm talking about when I was in college. I applied for internships. I think I applied to a hundred LinkedIn applicate or did a hundred LinkedIn applications for internships. Out of the hundred, one person emailed me to say, hey, we don't want you. Have a nice day. No one else even had the time to say no. And I think for marketing, it's very competitive because if you don't have a good school behind your back um, or on your resume, as well as you don't have anything else besides your degree, they're not calling you. And also, it's the connections. Like you were talking about the having uh, mentors, right? Obviously, you're not just looking at these mentors like, hey, get me a job, hey, get no. me a job. But they'll tell you, okay, maybe you should narrow down your search. Maybe you should do this. And I think for me, it's the passion projects, yes, but also the networking. Because I think the- it's with any industry, and I'm just going to like, people are going to be upset at this. It's all about the connections. Yes, because I'm like <laughs> I told you, I was on LinkedIn.com slash jobs, <laughs> and I got absolutely nothing. But when I spoke to people, again, being comfortable in a white space i'm like hey you work at a marketing company do you have a little internship for me yes or no i'll tell you about myself and why i think i'm qualified and guess what i got an internship so yeah it really is about the people you know and being comfortable in those spaces so that you can excel or excel in your career i think also with that because that's very much key if you're in college listening to this the best advice you can gain you need to be courageous when it comes to seeking opportunities. Mm-hmm. So I don't think you should let anything like, oh, I'm awkward, I don't know how to talk to anyone, or oh, I'm embarrassed, I don't know how to send this email. You need to do your homework. You need to speak to someone who's currently in that position and ask for advice. And then you also just need to start, go on LinkedIn, email the executive, email the project manager. You know what I mean? Like yeah. find who's working at these companies and start emailing them and introducing yourself and being organic about it and expressing your interest and in how you want to continue to grow because it's personally that's how I formed a lot of my relationships in news. Mm-hmm. In entertainment, I got put on. I don't lie about that. Like I was very young, I was 17. Mm-hmm. I saw a black woman doing exactly what I wanted to do and I was like put me on yeah she put me on hard so it's like much respect to that but when it comes to news i'm like oh no who is the vice president of cnbc yeah tap type tap tap sent email yeah and my crazy behind just sending an email 
I formed a really good relationship with that person. And now he's like, all right, Aaron, when you out of contract, come see me because we getting the dice rolling. Yeah. And I just want to talk about like what is in the email. Yeah. Right. Because I think a lot of it's just easy to say, yeah, just connect with people that you've never met before. Some people don't have manners. <laughs> when it comes to connecting, they, it's not manners. They don't have etiquette. You need to have oh, some sorry. type of etiquette. Because so, no, I'm gonna still go off though, because it annoys me. One, if you are following someone on LinkedIn, right? See if you have a mutual um, connection. If you don't, let them know. Do a little research on them, because the little mm-hmm. LinkedIn profile will give you a little sneak peek. Don't just say, "Yeah, I'm trying to connect with you to get my 500 plus connections on LinkedIn." Please stop. Huh? Yes. Yes. People are crazy. You need to say, hey, I see that you're working in this kind of industry. I would like to connect with you for this. (laughs) Sorry. No, people are crazy. Two, the same person who I I told you reached out to me, reached out to me on Instagram. Ayo, I got a marketing question. Is that how you. Ayo? Ayo. (laughs) Ayo. Sir. Don't it's ask really me for help. In LinkedIn DMs. Yes. Then no, it was Instagram DMs because we had we happen to have a class. Oh, they God. tell me a little bit about themselves and say, "Oh, my mom is calling me. Let me, you know, let me get situated. I'll call you back." Never called me back. Never said thank you so much for the information. People are rude. No. When it has, comes to connections, he has no type of like class, and yes. I hate to be. Actually, I don't hate to be. <laughs> I don't care if someone calls me stuck up. Have some type of class. Yeah. Okay? When you're reaching out for any type of advice or anything when it comes to your career, always follow up with an email. Follow up. I don't care if you're meeting in person or it's a phone call or a Skype or a Zoom mm-hmm. or a FaceTime. Follow up with an email or at least a text thanking that person. That's number yes. one. Number two... You need to sit down before you speak to, like, anyone you need to gain advice from and write down questions that relate to your career goals. Because if you just hop in on this call and you're like, um, so what do you think I should do? Girl, I don't know what you should do because (laughs) I don't know your career goals. Yeah. I don't know where you are. (laughs) You know what I mean? No, for real. You have to have some kind of, like understanding of the questions you want to ask them and it shouldn't be general questions it should not it, it should, should be questions specifically that they can answer because if someone again someone reached out to me like hey i don't know like how to get a marketing like job at a company why are you asking me this i'm a full-time business owner what do i've been out the game for a minute what questions can i answer for you if no. you had a question on how do i start a podcast or how can i like be a freelance marketer or have a full time business. Yeah, I can answer those questions for you. But you people here talking about Yeah. <laughs> how can I get a job at Yelp? I have no clue. Why would you ask me that? No, I think the episode originally started as like passion <laughs> projects, but I also think it is like career advice. Mm-hmm. Um that they kinda work together because I think oh, yeah. You know, you need to have a good foundation if you want to have a job because, again, Passion Project is not your full-time job. Um, You need to have a good foundation on your career, what you want to do, how you want to scale, how to even start, as well as having the Passion Project on the side to either help you grow out of your 9-to-5 or help you get into a Mm 9-to-5 to start off. So I definitely love 
your you know your insight on this especially because you have been in your career for how many years now it's funny because when people ask me that question like I've been doing journalism work with big companies since I was 18 oh wow so it's like yeah a lot of people don't know my story it's funny a couple of co-workers none of them knew I did entertainment until I guess somebody was like <laughs> LinkedIn stalking me Damn. they're like you worked for Showtime I'm like yeah <laughs> and they're like how'd you do that I was being a little crazy college student and I was in Italy sending emails <laughs> to their team like um hello <laughs> can I be an intern yeah <laughs> yeah like sending my sample work like hey y'all need an editor so yeah. you know don't be afraid to do that but yeah a lot of people don't know I've just done like a lot of whether it's like projects or internships or like I used to work for Wendy, and I remember when my internship was over, and this is also a thing, like, whether it's a passion project you're helping someone with, or whether it's an internship or a job, always keep up the best, how do I want to say this, always keep the best reputation. Like, yeah. put your best foot forward with don't every single task. I don't care if I'm asking you to go get coffee. You better run. <laughs> Not, you don't even have to run, but, like, don't give an attitude. Don't think yeah. you're too good to give someone coffee. Because, um, excuse me, from the ages of 18 and 19, those were my first tasks when I came into companies. <laughs> Aaron, can you go to Starbucks? Like, they sent me to Whole Foods to get Wendy alkaline water, and maybe that's why I only drink alkaline water. Who knows? Uh. But, like... <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I won't ever forget yeah. those stories. Yeah. It's like, I remember we're at a digital shoot and they're like, Aaron, can you run? It was like 30 blocks. And I was like, 30. run Subway? I was like, I'm personally going to pay for an Uber because there's no way I'll be back in time for some caviar. She wanted caviar at a shoot. <laughs> And, and this is why me. she's the executive producer. <laughs> because I never, I never did things with attitude. I said, yeah, of course, and dashed my little behind out that studio oh and ran gosh. and got it and came back. And, you know, like, those things build character. You need that. No, I definitely think that's some good advice. Like, put some passion yeah. in the and work that you're doing. Yes. Because you never know. That could even, you know, get you a connection. She's like, damn, Aaron really ran. I'm not to get that lie. caviar. Um, those opportunities, like working in those spaces and like always just genuinely being me and bubbly and goofy, but also being the best worker I could possibly be. Mm -hmm. I forged really great relationships with higher ups. So it's like my boss at the Wendy show to this day, I'm super cool with. Mm. Pat Pat, like literally call him a nickname still, like Pat Pat, like writes all my recommendations. Wow. Whenever I'm looking for stuff, I'm like, you know, do you know of anything? Um, Shout you out have to, Pat to keep Pat. those relationships going. Mm -hmm. So, my last question would be, how can someone intertwine a career and their passion project? Because I think everyone now has got the gist of, all right, a passion project is important. Mm -hmm they might have gotten I feel like more than a handful of advice for their career how do you intertwine the two together I think personally you need to sit down and have a moment with yourself and write down goals for both mm. and I mean physically write it down ask yourself what do you want to be doing 10 years from now and how that looks yeah and how those two things make that life and just be real with yourself and once you write down those goals, 
you're going to revisit those goals and you're going to say, how can I accomplish this? Mm. And then once you start to see them intertwine, if you have a five or a 10 year process, when that five year mark hits, your passion project should be your full time job. Damn. So, no, I'm so serious. Mm-hmm. Like everyone, my dad always, you know, daddy, daddy's yeah. always laughing at me when I was younger because he's like, oh, you always write so much down. Like I would always put sticky notes all over my apartment in college whenever he would come over for dinner. He's like, Jesus, Aaron, like, you know, or he's like, you're always manifesting, talking about manifesting. And I'm like, but it works. Yeah. You think I got here on a whim? No, I had to have a master plan on what I want. Mm-hmm. And so physically like, writing it down, too, I think yeah, is very powerful. You need to see that in writing. You yeah. need to see how that looks. You can't just sit there like, hmm, I want to run a newsroom in New York one day, but I'm not putting the best foot forward on this, or yeah. I'm not strategically thinking about it. Because when it comes to your career, you have to be strategic. Mm-hmm. I definitely agree. Having a set plan for both the career and the passion project Because it totally can intertwine. Yeah, definitely. And you're not the only person. Like, I see it even with, like, huge, huge, like... Look at Rihanna. Yes. Her passion project was like, all right, I'm just going to, you know, do some lingerie. Boom. Right. Now the passion project came into the whole career. And now she's a billionaire. I know. Billionaire. She's sitting on Oprah's level. Yep. Right underneath it. Exactly. But thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I definitely enjoyed this conversation. I think... The readers, the readers, the listeners (laughs) will definitely understand like, wow, maybe I should have a passion project or probably rethink their career because a lot of our listeners are pretty young and they might be either switching a career or actually starting. So I definitely think this gave them some good insight and helping them plan it out their 10-year plan so thank you so much anytime thank you for having me yes thank you for listening to this week's episode this episode is of course hosted by me but also produced and funded by toby solutions the influencer marketing firm if you would like to learn more go on tobysolutions.com and you'll find what you're looking for see you in the next episode